All right, welcome back to what was it? Episode eight of the the rebuild series, and uh, today I wanted to talk about like fighting imposter syndrome. But like before I go into that, I want to kind of do like a recap of the past week. So, I mean, it feels like it's. I mean, the weeks are going by so quickly now. Oh God, the voice is going. <laughs> and although we're getting like kind of closer to to deadlines and and finishing off the submissions and getting them sent through, I think um. It's just going so quickly, which is kind of good, but bad at the same time. Like, good in the sense that I kind of want it to be over now. I think got to the point in the projects where it's like, we've worked on it so much and like, so like intensely for the past couple of months, and especially the past couple of weeks. It's just like, I just want it to be over now. <laughs> not, like, not in the sense that I'm not enjoying it, but in the sense that I'm just getting a bit sick of it, to be honest. Like, you, you keep refining and finishing off the kind of the same drawings over and over and over again. Um, but like in such a compact and tight, tight um, like space of time. But I don't know. I'm still enjoying it. But I just kind of just want summer now. Just chill out, and <laughs> not having to feel that like always in the back of my mind. Or oh, I've got uni work to do, or this project, or that project, or whatever it is. Um, just can't wait to to chill out and just enjoy the summer, enjoy some time off, not thinking about work. That'd be great. <laughs> I mean, this whole Easter break period itself has just flown by. Like it feels like yesterday. We finished studio for the Easter break and now like Thursday, like this this coming Thursday is going to be the, lec the lecture upon return from the Easter break and then Friday studio, getting feedback on what we've done over Easter um, to then, you know, move into like the final renders and the drawings of the project. And then two weeks after that, final review. And then two weeks after that, the submission. So, you know, it's just going to, it's just flying by. Our tutor always like doesn't make a joke he kind of makes a joke out of it to be honest but he kind of is very serious in the sense like guys well he said this last time he's like it's end of march a couple weeks and then easter break two weeks easter break and you come back three weeks you know always keeping us in check but always reminding us that you know it's not a joke just you have to keep pushing forward and keep pushing hard now it's kind of the final stretch it's like one of the four or five weeks to go and then that's it that's it for the year so might as well just keep going hard for this next month or so and then it's over but what else? Oh yeah, there's last weekend. Oh my god, went to the went to the Southampton game. Got an absolute battering from Chelsea, six 0 I mean, <laughs> if I didn't go, with my mate who's a Chelsea supporter, I literally would have left the stadium. Man, that is that was such a shocking game on like our like our perspective. But you know, it is what it is. You can't win all of them. But when we lose, oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually got the the technology. Um, did some work on the technology project as well. The report's coming along pretty nicely. Uh, we got a presentation this Thursday um, about the site that we've chosen to kind of place our, our project after after we do all the uh, sustainable strategies to them. That's not bad. And then I actually finished the um, well, the first draft of the history article, which was the theoretical article on, um, on Virgil. Uh, so when that's done also, I'm planning on uploading that to Instagram and hopefully can push that through LinkedIn as well. Um, I really like the layout of it. I was kind of do some research into like magazine layouts and templates and how they format the text and the, and the images as well. And I kind of like how that's come together. But it also depends on like this Wednesday's tutorial with the feedback from my supervisor. See what happens with that. But yeah, I think well, now that kind of that, that article's out of the way, um, technology is going okay. It's just a big push on design now. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of stress and a lot of work for it, but. You know, doing a lot of work for studio to get as much feedback is probably the best way to go about it now. So yeah, that's pretty much like the weekend recap. But 
oh god it's been like four minutes already talking about the the recap it's like a podcast in itself uh, but this week episode eight season two of the rebuild series um i wanted to talk about a topic that's kind of more personal to me but i also know that it affects a lot of architecture and design students i guess students in general but you know i can only speak on my perspective as an architecture student about fighting imposter syndrome and if i just quickly like search up the the definition of imposter syndrome it comes up with let's have a look what does it come up with here we go imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud it disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments many question whether they're deserving of accolades and it says like to put it simply imposter syndrome is the experience of feeling like a phony you feel as though at any moment you're going to be found out as a fraud like you don't belong where you are and you only got there through like dumb luck and you know just those two definitions alone pretty much summarizes kind of how i feel when i kind of feel like i'm going through that stage or that phase of imposter syndrome and i want to kind of break this up into into two segments uh in this week's episode one being like my own experience of imposter syndrome as an architecture student and the second being like how we can use this feeling to our advantage to keep going uh so yeah the first one being my own experience you know i think it mainly started in like says like feeling at a place in studio and when designing you know studios are a fantastic place I, I, that's the one part of architecture school that is like a necessity i love it and i think it's like one of the driving forces that you know pushes the profession to what it is now that environment that you're in the community the the different characters that you speak to that you become friends with and you build relationships with over time it's so much more that's what like our student was saying it's such it's so much more like a, a people profession than it is a designing profession it's all about people whether it's what you're designing for or who you're working with it's all about the people that we're we're in contact with but feeling at a place in studio and when designing can also kind of internally backfire in a way if that makes sense seeing what others are doing and doing your own work and you know through design school you, you do so much research and so much designing um that you often feel like you know am i actually is this right is this is this uh am i going about it the right way why am i doing things like this who am i to feel like i can design this uh and it's just a lot of lots of ifs and buts and questioning yourself throughout that whole time uh this is like expanding out and wanting to be involved in more and that's truly kind of what it feels like you're doing so much and you feel like you should be doing even more than you are and that it slowly eats you up inside feeling that you've got so much then then you feel like you've got so much on your plate and where do you go from there so i don't know it's a lot of uh comparisons that you make between yourself and others and a lot of comparison between yourself and who you think you should be who or what you think you should be doing uh yeah you know design school it's a it's a very intense process and it's a very intense program and i feel like if you can't if you can't find that internal balance and that internal voice within yourself that drives you that you kind of ground yourself and you know you root yourself to the idea that this is what i want to be doing i have to just stick with the program put all my energy into it because i know that the greatness will come on the other side and it's it's only through that that we can then kind of unclog all of this all of this mess or all of these knots in our in our mind 
that we feel like we we shouldn't be where we are and that we shouldn't be what we're doing uh you know when i was p- applying for architecture school teachers kind of dis dissuade disencouraged disencouraged from the sense that i didn't study physics and when i did study maths i failed it so i couldn't even take that as like a full-on a level um so then i had to con- kind of continue the the as that i had at the time which was which was geography sorry <coughs> voice is going. um so then i thought like everything would be in jeopardy like oh, i want to be ar- i want to be an architect i want to do architecture but if i can't even get into the program then that's it there's there's no point of even thinking about the profession or thinking about designing if I can't even get into the course. And then, you know, so many open days, you're going to the universities, they're like, yes, maths and physics. And being on the course now, you do need, uh, I'd say you need, I mean, if I want to be completely transparent, completely honest, I'd say maths and physics hasn't hasn't come into, into arch- the architecture course once. Well, when I say once, I mean like a significant amount or anything at all, in the sense that you didn't need to study physics at A-levels and you didn't need to study maths. You pick a lot, you pick up all the things related to um, maths and physics along the way on the course. And having not studied those at A-level, you know, and doing the masters on architecture now, I can say that the un- during undergrad, there was absolutely no need for it. So I kind of, it's kind of confusing as to why universities are requiring that. Or if again, it's just down to um, selection process of high achievers from uh, pre-university going into st- uh, architecture schools. So that's something that kind of uh, messed with me a little bit until I actually got onto the course. And then when I did get onto it, then it felt weird. It felt like, oh, maybe I'm not prepared enough. Maybe I should have done all these things beforehand, before applying. So it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a complex topic when we when we discuss imposter syndrome and how it affects us individually and then the third point on the on the first topic would be self-doubt and fear of not being able to live up to my own expectations so that when things do happen it feels like it must have been down to some external elements and you know some some luck which was what was in the definition uh earlier in the episode self-doubt i think you can use it in two ways and the first, well, I mean, the first being the, the negative feeling that you, you shouldn't be doing what you are, you don't deserve to be where you are, and that you should just stop and choose a completely different path, uh, feeling that you need to humble yourself or whatever. And the second being that self-doubt drives you to do more. If you're doubting yourself, that means you have higher expectations of yourself. But yet again, you know, we discussed that earlier about that self-doubt feeding into imposter syndrome. And then once you you do something, you want to do more of it. So could this be like, I I wouldn't tie this down to architects or architecture students in general. I I can't speak on the perspective of someone from like a financial or business or marketing or uh, teaching or that that sort of side to it. But on a creative standpoint, I feel that imposter syndrome kicks in a lot. And especially at the start of our careers, feeling that we're not, at any position to have any authority so to speak yet we have all these ideas and all these thoughts that we want to we want to create and we want to visualize and we want to turn it into reality yet we don't have the resources and we don't know the contacts and we don't have a network and we don't have a voice to kind of channel that through so when we do something or when we become a part of something and it goes extremely well 
then there's kind of no feedback loop of okay great because we feel like oh we're on our own so how do we then kind of continue this um and then what do we continue it through so that's kind of like the first part being like you know our own like my own experience of imposter syndrome imposter syndrome uh breaking it down into three topics on the into the three points of feeling at a place in studio when designing you know amongst our peers and everything uh, and even with our tutors and other students in the other units the second one being expanding out and wanting to be involved in more and then the third one being that self-doubt and fear um and then the feeling of that everything must be down to some external elements but then the second point that the second topic in the podcast that i wanted to discuss and the final one or like the second half would be using this to, using this feeling to our advantage to keep going because we feel as if we don't deserve to be where we are maybe if we then use that momentum to keep going and channel it to do different things and let go of that inner perfectionist we could get to a better place a better place i'd say mentally more than anything else mental clarity is probably the one thing that a lot of creatives strive for because if we can simplify all these complex ambitions that we have in our minds then things become more tangible and then from that we can then break it down into steps on how to achieve it the same way that as an architecture student we understand the final outcome we then break it down into the different steps the different designs the drawings the development process that we have to do and we set out a plan on this is what i'm going to do this day this week by the end of this month all of this should have been done and then we go again the next month so it's a it's a routine it's a process so we need to use the momentum to our advantage and that if you feel like this just know that there are so many others who feel the same and that by talking to your peers or mentors or even your family about it can often make you cope better we we tend to keep a lot of things inside because we feel that our problems are our responsibilities and the only way that we can we can move forward and the only way that we can kind of um what's the word I'm looking for? the way that we can make sense of it uh process it is to just live it out you don't need to discuss it with anyone i know the problems that i'm going through i know the issues that are coming my way or the issues that are also like right now i just have to break it down i have to take a step back i have to be patient and, and calm down really it's all about just calming down i think this past easter break it's been very very stressful knowing that um, I mean, there's no excuses for the month of Ramadan and fasting, but it's uh, it's the routine breaker, and knowing that my levels of productivity before aren't as high, nowhere near as high as what they were before um, uh, this these couple weeks. Um, so going back is also going to be like, oh, I haven't done enough, or I should have done this, should have done that. But you know, think of it from a different perspective. It's only the, this two-week period that this has happened. It's time to pick up the momentum, let go of that inner perfectionist that I mentioned just now and keep pushing forward and to speak with others. I think it's kind of, I feel very fortunate that there's, you know, one or two people now that I can kind of open more up to and discuss these kind of topics because they go th through the same thing. And it's nice that we can be there for each other and encourage each other to push forward um, to achieve the things that we want, whether it's inside of university or outside of university. Um, personal and professional and I just wish more of us more of us within like a, the upcoming cohort of architects and designers would do that 
because then that kind of releases a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety to which we can then put our focus into our work and into our life outside of work. And then the final point on the second topic would be to just throw, our, throw yourself out to more opportunities and you know try more because why not? 